Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. It's time for the Happy Half Hour with your friends Kristen Balboni, Will Bryan, and Darren Gant. Welcome to the Happy Half Hour with your friends Will, Darren, Kristen, and producer Matt. Guys, happy Thursday morning. How are we feeling? We're happy. How else would we be? You got to be, it's contractually obligated that you're happy for this half hour. Yes. For this half hour, for this particular half hour, we are going to be happy as best we can. The clock has started. We have 29 <laughs> minutes and 50 seconds left. Well, it's a, it's a, it's a tough time to, to be happy um, considering, right? Like where the, what's happened the last four games. That, that's sure. a fair statement. But we are going to focus on the future, right? I mean, and I think it's the only reasonable way to go. We could spend a, a half hour chopping up exactly what went wrong mm-hmm. uh, in New York and over the couple of weeks previous. And I think, to be fair, we have. Yeah. Like, I've, t- I, I've yeah. talked to, to Matt Rule twice this week, and those interviews are out, whether they're on TV or on the website or social media. Darren's written plenty of articles. Will's published plenty of articles on them. But now, at this point in in the week— is when you turn the page. And for what it's worth, Darren is perfectly dressed to chop it up right now. <laughs> Based off of this outfit, good, he could go axe a down a tree right now. That no one can see. No one can, right now has any it. idea. Dar- Darren's got he's got a vest with uh, like a plaid button down. Um, flannel the, shirt. Flannel. He's got a perfect flannel and jeans combo. Like he uh-huh. has worn this to chop down a tree with an axe. Have that you is, ever chopped down a tree? With I an have. Axe? Chopped down a tree with an axe. One time in my old neighborhood, we had a Bradford pier that ice storm, windstorm fell down. And rather than actually call somebody a professional to remove this tree, I said, I've got an axe. I'm going to chop the rest of this tree down. How and cool did you feel on a scale of 1 to 10? About a 19, I, actually. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I think— Because then also the, the neighborhood, like, the neighbors are cheering for you. Like, what a hero— Two, you're helping everybody out. You know, it's not just like you're in your backyard. Yeah. You're doing something for the good of others, mm-hmm. yeah. and you look cool doing it. Yeah, and it and it felt pretty cool. I'm not going to lie. Taking an <laughs> axe and chopping, felling a tree in your own yard makes you feel like a little bit more of a man. There's no question. <laughs> felling a tree. Felling. <laughs> uh, all right, so let's, uh, let's, let's talk about where the Panthers are right now. As we said, we've made right. the executive decision— that on the Happy Half Hour podcast, we were contractually obligated to be happy for 27 and yeah. a half more minutes. We are not going to go back too much to the Giants game. It's out there if you want to read Darren's articles or watch my interviews or what have you. We're going to talk about where this team is right now, which is they're facing 
Atlanta. They're three and four, and they, they've got some issues that they got to get right on before yeah. before this game that they're working on this week. So, do we want to start with the offense, guys? Of of where this offense is? Yeah, and, and I think they're still in kind of a holding their breath moment because you are still a week away from Christian McCaffrey being eligible to mm-hmm. come back. So I, I thought it was interesting the idea of. I mean, they know they're in a spot right now. They know that things aren't perfect. The protection hadn't been perfect all year. Now John Miller's gone on IR. So you're shuffling the offensive line again. Six different combination in eight games will be this Sunday in terms of starting five in front of Sam Darnold. And, you know, Sam hadn't been great, and they acknowledge that he hadn't been great. And it's beyond just missing Christian. I mean, Sam, as the stuff Matt Rule talked about, Yesterday with Sam's timing and he's rushing everything. And Sam and Sam talks about it too and in Sam's his press conference. It. I mean, yeah. he's not in denial. He knows he's been poor the last couple of weeks himself. But it's not as if Sam's never played decent football here. He was competent early. Uh, he was competent in Dallas, honestly, uh, for stretches of that game. So yeah, two, two the, the last, touchdowns yeah, the last yeah. couple things have gotten away from him, and he's gotten rushed. And it, it's one of those technical football things that sounds wonky, but he's going too fast through his drop. So when he's supposed to be at nine yards, he's only at eight because his feet are going – and that throws off the timing. The routes where he thinks guys are supposed to be, they're not there because they haven't had the time to get to the spot they're supposed to be. And, and Matt just took him back in the film. It's like, let's watch New Orleans in, in week two. You were good then. Let's watch that as a visual reminder of what you're doing. And and Sam owned it. I mean, he knows it, and, and he's got to get it fixed, and they've got to try to – you know, simplify everything around him, you know, get a win, get, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, and, and that was the weird thing, not to go too back, uh, too far back into New York, but the first drive against the Giants, it's like, okay, that'll work. I ran the ball. Yep. Ran, ran the ball, chewed up some clock, converted a couple of third downs. You get down there, you kick a field goal. And it's like, all right, that'll, you know, do a couple more of those, and you might get out of here today. Mm-hmm. And, and they were in they were in the red zone when Sam threw that interception. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it, it goes back to what you were saying, Darren, which is just when you look at where that ball was thrown, there was there was no one really quite there. But the way that you just explained it, and, and a lot of times that is what it is. It's just a, a couple of little things. Mm-hmm. You know, this, this person is not quite where they're supposed to be, and he's rushing right. things a little bit. If you take that a little bit easier, then maybe you complete that. And it's, right. I mean, they got down the field to do it. Right. So. And, you know, if you go and you look at the all 22 of that, you know, there, I think it was Chuba, or, you know, I mean, there was an, an outlet like right in front of him, mm-hmm. you know, that was relatively open for six or seven yards. You know, part of it is the, you know, it's the, the chicken and the egg of some of this of you're rushing because you feel like the protection's breaking down. Sometimes the protection is there and you rush yourself into a sack because right. you're stepping up into a place where they're, they've already blocked this up and now you've stepped yeah. out of it or into it. You know, so there's a lot of different parts that play there. You know, it might feel like a drop. You know, when the ball comes out, well, that's because they weren't expecting the ball, you know, already. Mm-hmm. They were, you know, they were still another step on the route. You know, there, there's a lot of different things that play into it. And, of course, there's, you know, when you're putting the offense in positions sometimes where they've got to start on their own four-yard line or whatever, yeah, you know, that's that's a hard place for anyone to start to try to get out. So, And, and I think we should just go through, we'll talk special teams next, defense next. Well, I know you've got a stat of the week. Um, and I think that's a great point. It's, a, of course, and I said this to, to Matt Rule when I talked to him on 
Sunday right after the game, you know, it's not just about the offense, but of course there were, you know, and he said that it was special teams did not put them in great positions. Defense started out well and of course either, you know, got tired or uh, struggled a little bit late in the game. We'll talk a little bit about that. So there, it's not just on the offense, these losses, even though that's what I think the majority of fans, uh, maybe some media are focusing on, right? It's the, there are yeah. other, other groups need to play well as well. But uh, let's talk about the offense. Good news. It's not just one thing. <laughs> Great. There's more. Um, I do want to talk about the offensive line, though, uh, really quickly. I, I think, I know this is the happy half hour, but I do just want to point out that John Miller, I think, has maybe gone under the radar to people who are maybe not we're not in this building. He's been a huge piece of that offensive line and yeah. has been able to play through uh, injuries or coming back off the COVID reserve list, you know, stepping up when they need him to. And uh, and that one hurts. It's, you know, they've, they've had some, some pretty bad offensive line injuries. Mm-hmm. And now they've got another one. Yeah, and it's probably not a stretch to say John Miller was the second most consistent I, yeah, I offensive lineman in the room. Uh, behind Taylor. And, you know, he's not – John Miller's one of those guys, if you look at him, he doesn't look like the guy you go out and get to stabilize things. But he's just kind of a – what was the word Matt Rule used the other week? Just solid, durable – I mean, dependable veteran guys, you know, solid is kind of the word that gets hung on the And guys like Justin Burris, guys like John Miller, who aren't grade A star level players, but you got to have a couple of them. Also, solid and dependable for an offensive lineman is not a bad thing to be. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, but now he's going to be out for at least the next three. uh, And and we'll see. I mean, is that Trent Scott? Is it Brady Christensen? Is it Dennis Daly again? Don't know. But uh, it ain't going to be John, and we'll see what happens next. But. Because Cam Irving's been in and out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, on the other side, I mean, they kind of dig on Michael Jordan and what he's been able to do the last couple of weeks. He certainly, you know, from a physical standpoint, fits the bill. Mm-hmm. He looks like what you want your guard to look like. He's big and massive and got a little edge about him. So, you know, maybe that's something, again, it's, it's not that we're trying to paper over the fact that they've lost four in a row and things aren't ideal on the football side, but – you know, light a candle rather than curse your darkness here. (laughs) Michael Jordan looks like a guy who might be an offensive lineman for this team when things turn. Mm. You know, Brady Christensen, even if he's miscast as a left tackle or whatever, uh, is a guy they think is going to be part of an offensive line when things are better. You know, you know, I would say on our radio broadcast, we asked Jordan Gross, who was on our call, you know, he and and Jake DeLum switch off probably um, I think early fourth quarter. He was like, yeah, I think he did. Yeah, I think Brady Christensen did a good job for the position that he was put in. Right. And so, it, you know, there were positives that came out of, of that game. And listen, asking a rookie to play left tackle in the NFL is well, a two weeks thing. before he played right, right, tackle. right tackle. Yeah. And, and listen, Jordan knows. And I talked we to Jordan. We might see him in a different it. position this week. Right. Who knows? And I talked to Jordan about it before the game. And I said, you know, you. How big was it for you having the benefit of playing on the right instead of the left as a rookie? And he said, it's good to be able to get your feet underneath you. It's good to, you know, sort of ease into that pool rather than jumping into the deep end. So 
We'll see. I mean, Brady is a guy, going back to the draft, they thought second-round guard, third-round tackle, yep. and guard might be the place he lands. And, and again, with John out, he might end up there, him or Trent Scott, probably this week. Right now he's had to play where um, is necessary. Yep. Mm-hmm. We have not seen where they would ideally put him, at least I don't think, if everyone was healthy and he had a chance, you know, where it wasn't forced because of need. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see maybe, if maybe that is guard, um, like you said, with John Miller out. Um, one thing I want to touch on before we move to, to special teams and, and defense is um, how, how did the Panthers going up against Atlanta recommit to running the ball? Because that was an, an emphasis going into the last game. We saw it in the first half a little bit. Um I mean, is it as simple, guys? I think this is what the fans would ask. Is it as simple as just calling it? I, I think it's as simple as throwing the ball. I mean, I it, in coach kind of said this a couple times. In order to run the ball, you have to be able to convert third and four, yeah, third and five, and oftentimes that's a pass play in, in the majority of situations. So being able, to, I mean, that's and that's exactly what they did on that first drive. They got themselves into third and manageable, and then they converted third and manageable through the air, and then all of a sudden you can go tempo. All of a sudden, you can run it a little bit quicker. You can keep the defense from you know switching uh, people off the field, and you're you're running downhill. It's so much easier to run downhill when you can get first downs than it is when it's first down and ten. You're going to run right at them. It's second and nine. You're going to run right mm-hmm. at them, and then now it's third, third and eight, yeah. and you know it's really hard to get that first down when they know what's coming. And again, going back to that Saints game, it's not like they were ripping off five yards of carry against mm-hmm. the Saints. It was two point something. But they ran it a bunch of times, which tells you they were converting third and five, third and six. I mean, eight and 15 converting against the Saints versus two and 15 against yep. the, the Giants. That's the difference right yep. there. I mean, you want one stat that you, talks about why this worked and this didn't. It's that one right there. Um so, I mean, I, I think a lot of it can be intent. And, you know, we've seen signs that Chuba Hubbard can be enough of a back to handle 20-plus carries and get it done. I mean, go back to the Eagles game. He was, what, 24-101 on the ground and caught a mm-hmm. few balls. I mean, he struggled catching the ball uh, lately. And, I mean, when I talked to Jeff Nixon about it, he was like, it's surprising because he does have good hands. He's just not an – it doesn't look natural right now. So – uh, we'll see how that develops, but I think a lot of it can be intent, but it only works if you convert a third down Gotta occasionally. Execute. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, special teams, we know that we will see a new punter yeah, in this Yeah, an game. Australian punter. Mm-hmm. Yay! Can you do an Australian accent, Darren? Not. not I don't you do You just impre- give it a try? No, I mean, but he did when we were talking to him. He signed off with really? him. No, no worries. Did, I don't did, know. Did no everyone, worries. when y'all were sitting down there and then he just started talking, would everyone kind of like, oh, yeah. you know, like... This guy sounds different. It's like, you know, you drop the video of Lachlan Edwards into the notebook to give everybody another chance to hear Lachlan Edwards talk <laughs> about being a Carolina Panther. It's just, I think, you know, hearing an Australian accent should make people happy. So maybe we'll get him on the podcast. I heard um, A.D. Bryant on Saturday Night Live. I, she was on a podcast one time and she said that the, their trick at SNL or someone told her this trick for like dropping into an Australian accent is to say the name Jennifer Lopez, and then that kind of takes you to your vowels. <laughs> your Australian. That's I can only. I mean, I'm, and that's awful. So please know what I know how bad Jennifer that was. Lopez? Jennifer Lopez. Jennifer Lopez. And then you can kind of drop into like yeah. the sounds that you need. Now I can't that's do anything beyond great. that, but um, hmm. you know, just fun fact in case you guys were wondering. I learned something here today. Yeah, <laughs> that's what we do. <laughs> 
on the Happy Half Hour podcast. We learned that Darren has felled a tree of an, an, a yield Bartlett pear. And I can tell you how to get ready for an, for an Australian accent. So we'll see what, what Lachlan Edwards can do and if he can help. Uh, again, that was, a, that was a big deal in, in that game as well. Yeah. It's just the the poor field position that the offense was starting from. So we'll see if, if this is an improvement. Yeah, when your punting average is something other than a Ford per, you know, 40-something mm-hmm. per. Ford, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if it starts with a three or a two, that's bad. It's not so, what you want. Um, yeah, and so you make a change and you get another guy in here and we'll see. I mean, again, Joe Charlton, if he, and he was struggling a little bit uh, on his own, but he's another week away from yep. coming back. Yep. So we'll see what Lachlan Edwards, he's going to have a week or so to uh, see if he can be the guy. All right, let's talk about the defense. Um, and Will, I think it This really- is happier. <laughs> That's not, true. not when I get into it. That's true. <laughs> um, well, I think the the question from Darren's mailbag and your stat of the week pretty much sums up the the all encompassing question of the defense. Do you want to do you want to take it away? But only if you do that voice that you were doing earlier. Sixty percent of the time, it works every time. Stat of the week: the Panthers' defense <laughs> on Halloween. No. Um, in a world. In a world where the Panthers' defense holds a team to three points in the first half. Yeah. Are they tired? Um, I think the question is, is this defense just tired? You know, quite simply, is that why they're giving up points in the second half? Is that why they're not first in the NFL in every conceivable category the way they were I, 10 I, years I, ago when Darren wrote that article? Can I just tell you, I mean, I don't think that this is the only reason, but I would say just being on the sidelines around them every week especially the last few weeks they are tired yeah there's i mean you can see it there's no doubt about it when it comes to second half now that may not be all there is so right. i'll let you go ahead but i mean can and, confirm they are tired and and you know for people to say oh how are they so tired against i mean i think you just throw out the giant second half completely like that that was just a i i think that was just a statistical anomaly but even then in the first half they're still the number 3 pass defense in the league they're giving up just uh, 5.59 yards per pass attempt in the first half, that's which great. is third in the league. In the second half, that's up to 8.6, which is 26 in the league. But here's the the thing that they're struggling with a little bit is that first half run defense. Mm. Teams are able to establish the run, <laughs> and it, you know, and that's that's what's a little bit scary is because, you know, that rush defense is, you know, like 15th right now in the first half, 4.4 yards per attempt. You know, in the second half, it goes up to 5.5, which is 31st in the league. So obviously there's, yeah, obviously they're getting gassed. And when, you know, when a team can't convert their downs and it's 8-3 and outs, I mean, yeah, they're they're taking their helmet off and going right back out there. So uh, obviously that plays a part in it. But I think you look at the return of Shaq, you look at what the middle of the yeah. defense could look like in the next couple of weeks, and all of a sudden maybe that first half they're able to get more three and outs because they can you know, make it a third and seven because they can shut down the run. You know, Dallas kind of put that out there. They put that template on how to run on the Panthers in week four, and teams are trying to copy it each week. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think – I mean, we've talked about Christian to death almost, it feels like, and how big of an impact he is on the offense. Getting Shaq Thompson back in the middle of the defense is potentially huge mm-hmm. because they didn't. there's not a Shaq Thompson replacement on the roster. So you're trying to replace 
a, a great inside linebacker by scheme. And part of that is putting Jeremy Chin closer to the box, which leaves you a little bit exposed in the back, especially with Justin Burris not back there. And you're talking about taking Shaq off the field on rundowns, and instead of having Shaq, you've got Jeremy Chin and some collection of backup defensive mm-hmm. backs. Mm-hmm. So it's it's less. It's, it's lighter. It's not as stout against the run by definition because of that absence. And that's why, you know, we'll see how they they always say Shaq practiced yesterday, looked okay. The hope is that he's going to respond, be able to go today and and be okay by Sunday. But, man, as well as he was playing those first three games. I think that's also small sample size, but you could argue that he was playing the best football. uh, So even if he comes back and is the the, the Shaq from last year, you know, and and doesn't make these – I mean, because he was making some Mm – explosive plays, game-changing right. plays. That's, and the Panthers need those, right? Especially yep. if the offense isn't functioning at the level that you would like. You need takeaways. You need um, just just absolute stops. And, and, he, and, was, and, I mean, and he was like all over the field sounds, the first three games. And it sounds corny, and it sounds like the thing that shouldn't be a real factor for professional football players, but who do you look to mm-hmm. when things get weird? When that defense, I mean, there ain't but one Daquan Jones on that on that line, and everybody else is young. And Morgan Fox to a lesser degree, but Daquan's kind of the old head up there. You look in the secondary, and they're relying on or the second level of the defense in the secondary. They're relying on Shaq and Justin Burroughs to be the adults in the room, mm-hmm. and they're not there. Mm-hmm. So when stuff gets and weird, we should say, and Jermaine Carter has done a, a right. good job to the best of his ability, but there's only one of there, him there on ain't that but level. One yep. of him, so it's it, it's hard. And it was always going to be hard to replace those two guys, and it has been. And that thesis has been proven correct. Um, So we'll see what kind of difference they make this week coming out. Because, again, Atlanta's a different kind of run game. I mean, Rock Hill's Cordero Patterson, that's easy for me to say, um, is a different sort of problem to solve in the run game and Mike Davis is back there and we know a little bit about Mike and what he's capable of so familiar it uh it will be I think a good thing to have Justin and Shaq or at least one of them out there on the field to sort of stabilize things and just to clarify who do you think or if you put odds on who you think is coming back just in case anyone's like oh did I miss something is Shaq definitely back we think there's a good chance Shaq will come back I think if I had to put them in order, it sounds like, it feels like, you know, Gilmore's probably going to play this week, that Shaq... He practiced yesterday, yeah. so this is Thursday morning, he practiced yeah. yesterday. And Shaq's like a high-medium probability, mm-hmm. and then Burris is a little bit underneath that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Burris may not get back this week, but Miles Hartsfield's close. He'll be out there playing with a club on, uh, but that wrist has healed enough to allow him to play. Uh, the timeline moved up considerably. I mean, they were talking about that as a 10-12 week injury when he went down in week one with that dislocated wrist, and now here it is week eight, and he is back out on the field in a club. So uh, I think it's probably Gilmore, Shaq, Burris, uh, but Hartsfield sounds like he's pretty close to going too. Well, that's good news. I'm happy half hour. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I and I was going to say, in part of the some we've been talking about how things are related. You know, and things that you don't quite see are related to other things. And one of the things that everyone keeps talking about when they keep asking Hassan and Brian is, "How? Where are the sacks? Where did the sacks go?" That's a product of this too. Yeah. You know, it, it's so much easier for those guys to get pressure and to get in and to go untouched the way they were at the beginning 
when you can stop the run, when you can have people yeah. like Shaq in the middle, you know, all of it works together. Um, and and I think you know they're kind of looking around like we just you know we've got to keep doing our jobs, we got to do better. Well, that's that's what you can say you know each week, but it's a part of when we stop the run, we can get after people. Absolutely, one hundred percent. I want to just touch on something that does not have to do with the Atlanta game, but it was a really it was a really cool. Uh, experience earlier this week and I thought you know we always try to give you the behind the scenes uh, as much as possible and so on Tuesday the rookies continued an incredible tradition I think it's like the 17th year that they have done it where traditionally in a normal non-COVID world the rookies will dress up in varying levels of ridiculous Halloween costumes and go over to Atrium Health Levine Children's Hospital to just make these kids smile to go visit spend time with them and and just make these kids stay, right? It's a Halloween tradition that I absolutely love. So the past two years, it has been virtual and it's been almost like a show format because obviously um, it's it's not safe to, to go into the hospital. So um, so I hosted it this year. I co-hosted it with Marquise Haynes and we had all the rookies come in and um, and model their costumes. And it was just so much fun. I watched it last year. And of course, I'd heard about it as a fan in the years past. Um, and I just I really enjoyed getting to be a part of it and how much fun they all had. And what like I didn't think Chuba Hubbard would come out in a Woody from Toy Story costume, but he owned it. And he was like riding an imaginary horse. He had you know, he he confirmed that he felt comfortable in the cowboy hat after his time at Oklahoma State. Uh, it was just a lot of fun. Um to Phil Hoskins was he was a clown and it was very much like red nose multicolored rainbow but he brought he brought a lot of coolness to it like you wouldn't think that a clown could look that cool and Phil Hoskins made it look cool but I just I have to tell you my my one behind the scenes just overachiever and it's not going to be a surprise uh, we all you know given the stuff that we all know about Keith Taylor Darren's written a great article about it on panthers.com just uh, overachiever. He always prepares. He's a big note taker. He graduated at the same time he was getting drafted. So does this come as any surprise, guys, that Keith Taylor brought his own costume for the event? I mean, how cool is that? Yeah, that's pretty cool. He was uh, Spider-Man, yeah. by the way. He, he, I, if you'd have told me that Keith Taylor's the guy who owns his own Spider-Man costume so he can go do this on the yeah. spur of the moment, yeah, I can see that. And another one I love, I mean, all of the rookies were great. There's no doubt about it. J.C. Horn was there. In uh, in a Power Ranger yeah. costume, which I got to say, it's a one piece. So you know he's on his scooter, and he's he's he was still recovering from surgery to show up for that. Yeah, um, it, it was just awesome. And he didn't only show up; he played a game against Keith Taylor after the fashion show was over. So you know, it's scooter and all. And I just I it, you love to see those moments, and you could tell how genuinely happy. I mean, I think all of us on this side, which we were in the studio. At um at Bank of America Stadium, we're just as happy yeah. as uh, all of the patients, and and that's the the cool thing. And those are the kind of things that really, you know, this this losing streak has been been hard on this team and on the fans and on everyone, right? Like those guys feel it, but to be able to step out of of what you're doing on a daily basis for like 30 minutes and make other people smile, um, and just have a a silly time, it was great. It was really great. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, That's the news we needed this week because I thought we were I probably gonna... should have started it earlier, <laughs> yeah. right? Like right I, off the top. I thought we were going to have to go 30 minutes on the wedding we went to last oh, weekend. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. How was the wedding? How was Cone Toe? Oh, yeah. It was fantastic. We, uh, we, so we, we kept going past Kanita. 
Canita? Is that say right? Canita. Canita, yeah. But and I we, like Cone Toe. Cone Toe. Mm-hmm. Uh, went through Alligator Lake uh, over Manio mm-hmm. and out to Nags Head. And yeah, so had some time. Went to the Wright Brothers Memorial. Uh, so got to see where flight was invented, which was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Not Ohio. It's not Ohio. That's right, we're first in flight. They, they they got it wrong. Did you hear this? You know that story. Oh, yeah. yeah. So Ohio tried to do some commemorative license plates, and they put a picture of the plane, except the plane has essentially this like flap thing or whatever, and it's in the front. It's not in the back the way you like a normal. You know, you think like the little smaller flap. Is Again, like in this the back. is great audio because I can barely follow this, and I'm looking at you. Right. <laughs> So it's you're, in the, you're using your hands as a diagram. Right, basically those like, dolts in Ohio put the Wright brothers' plane backwards. They put oh, it on backwards, and, and then yeah, and then North Carolina tweeted at them. It's okay, we know you oh. weren't there. <laughs> they're like, they're, are these like the state of Twitter accounts? Like, oh yeah. So it's like now moved beyond sports teams oh, jabbering at each other. Although I would, I would guess we might see a little Panthers Falcons back and forth. Now we're just going to the states. Now oh, we're yeah. just uh, arguing about license plates at, at Ohio. At Ohio. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But yeah, so that was, that was really cool. And then the wedding was great, too. That's awesome. All right. I want to end with one weird question of the week before we wrap it up. It's Halloween. We already know from, like, let's say a month ago that Darren does not want to put up any decorations yeah, at any vibe. point. What's the appropriate age to stop dressing up for Halloween and, like, trick-or-treating? Well, you dressed up yesterday, right? Uh, for the kids. So? The kid, well, it was, yeah. I'm, I'm, I didn't go trick or treating. Uh, you know, there's a certain point where you go. Uh, but like, at what age did you stop? Did you say like, I got to pack this in? But yes, Oof. I would say I, dr- I dressed up f- for the children. Ten, nine. Yeah. Yeah, I might have gone eleven or twelve. You know, definitely middle school. I think by the time you hit teenage years, yeah. you're yeah. just candy harvesting at that point. So, well, yeah. yeah, if you're doing, if you're like, let's call it like pre-algebra. Like, mm-hmm. if you're in pre-algebra, it's probably time yeah. to pack yeah. it in, right? Yeah, go it's, get a job and buy candy with your own money, kid. <laughs> I mean, and don't even stop by Darren's house because he's got no decorations and the lights are not on. It's so don't very, come up it, here it, it's thinking very it, spooky. Don't come up here thinking there's a candy bar on the D- on the Darren, porch. Darren's block is either something very quaint or something out of Stranger Things, depending on depending on I the angle Darren's, of the light. I think Darren's block, knowing where Darren and his wife moved, is probably lovely. I'm just, but Darren has yeah. said that he's not participating in it. Well, I'm in Atlanta. That's true. So, I have an excuse. We will be. And are you dressing up for the car for the ride down? I, f- I thought it seemed like the thing you'd do. Yeah, no. Darren, you do not own your own Spider-Man costume in your closet. No, There's still time. I do not, but There's got, still time. But I've got a red clown nose in my pocket just in case that ever comes. But you always carry that around, right? Yeah. So, all right. All right. We will talk to all of you next week on the Happy Half Hour podcast. Thanks for listening. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.
Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Dot com slash compatibility.